0: From inside the pages of the WWF Magazine, here's Update.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Update. I'm Gorilla Monsoon, brought to you this week by IcoPro. Can't argue with success, and you can't argue with this Native American either.
2: (laughs) You've got to want it.
1: Well, folks, ever since the slam heard round the world, the groundswell of support for Lex Luger has been just unbelievable. President Jack Tunney's office has been bombarded by phone calls, by telegrams, by faxes, demanding that Lex Luger get a crack at WWF champion Yokozuna. Mr. Fuji's been beside himself. He's sealed his lips. Not a word comes out of that mouth. But... Lex Luger has been in daily contact with President Jack Tunney of the World Wrestling Federation trying to get some kind of a edict to come out of that office saying, yes, Lex, you are the number one challenger. You will be given a crack at the title at SummerSlam. But no, we haven't got an answer yet. But right now I understand that we've got Vince McMahon on the telephone to the President Jack Tunney in his office. Maybe something will come out of this. Let's find out all right standing
3: by wwf president jack tiny mr tiny thank you very much for joining us this week i must say that fans all over the world are anxiously awaiting your announcement and i would suggest that if what we're being told is true there has been a deluge of support for lex luger
1: vince i have never never come across in all my history with the wwf uh, so many people supporting Lex Luger's plea for a match with uh, Yokozuna.
3: Well, nonetheless, we understand Mr. Fuji and Yokozuna have been quite resistant uh, to this match.
1: Well, Mr. Fuji uh, suggests that Luger has an unfair advantage due to the uh, steel plate in his arm from the motorcycle accident.
3: I see. Well, nonetheless, is it a go or not? Does Lex Luger get a shot or not?
1: Very definitely.
3: All right. There you have it from WWF but President Jack Tunney. Vince,
1: Vince just, just one second. There is one stipulation.
3: A stipulation.
1: Yes. Lex Luger must wear an approved uh, forearm pad, approved by this office, uh, covering the uh, arm with a steel plate, a protective uh, foam pad of uh, some type.
3: Well, unquestionably, that is a stipulation, no doubt, from Mr. Fuji and Yoko Zuna. Yes. But nonetheless, uh, any other stipulations, Mr. Tunney?
1: No, it's a title match. There it goes.
3: All right, and there it goes for SummerSlam. We thank you very much, WWF President Jack Tunney.
1: Well, folks, it is official. Lock it up, etch it in stone, do whatever you like. At SummerSlam, Lex Luger will get a crack at 568-pound WWF Champion Yoko Zuna, whether you like it or not, Mr. Fuji. However, folks, a very important stipulation in this match, Jack Tunney has said because of what's inside the right arm of Lex Luger, all that steel, all those bolts, that this is an unfair advantage for Lex Luger. Well, he's gonna have to wear some kind of elbow support, some kind of elbow pad. I don't know whether that's gonna make a difference or not. It certainly won't take long to find out. But what he's done, I believe he's woken a sleeping giant. Yokozuna is really rampaging here in the World Wrestling Federation. Mr. Fuji has taken off all the restraints, turned the big guy loose, and he is literally destroying WWF superstars as was evident on Monday Night Raw when he did this number on Crush. After that onslaught, Crush now recuperated in Kona, Hawaii, collapse chest cavity, perhaps a terminating injury for the big guy from Kona. We'll keep you up to date in the weeks and months to come on his progress and how he responds to treatment. But Has Lex Luger awakened a sleeping giant? Has he bitten off more than he could chew? Certainly won't take us long to find out. Well, earlier on, we found out that Vince McMahon spoke with President Jack Tunney, and he made it aware to all the media folks that, in fact, Lex would get a crack at the title at SummerSlam with the big guy, Yokozuna. But then, before all this conversation took place, he placed a call to Lex Luger to inform him that he was the number one challenger and would get the title shot, and we were on hand to get Lex's response.
4: Here we are, right aboard the Lex Express. I couldn't think of a more appropriate setting. I just got the word. I couldn't be happier. I've got my title shot with Yokozuna in Summer Slam. Now Jack Tony has a stipulation. He says, I have to wear a forearm pad. Well, that doesn't bother me in the least bit. All I wanted was an opportunity, and I'm going to seize that opportunity. I'd like to thank everyone out there who's made this possible, the people truly have spoken. We're not gonna stop the Lex Express call to action here. We are gonna run this, I'm gonna stay on this bus, I'm gonna meet all of you out there, continue to meet all of you out there from coast to coast all the while and bring it right back curbside at Auburn Hills, August 30th at SummerSlam and I'm gonna take it right in there and step through those ropes and I'm gonna beat you, Yokozuna, and become the next World Wrestling Federation champion.
5: and salutations to one and all, and welcome back to Big Meaty Cool's solo excursion through the mid to late 90s wrestling scene, acceptable in the 90s. We're back from a break and ready to take the road to Summerslam, picking up where the Lex Express left off, and speaking of picking up where we left off, we have one more bottle left in Big Meaty Cool's Holiday Edition of Big Meaty Cool's Craft Beer Review. So yes, we have the final selection from the Pure Excellence over at Ooger Brew in Dog Wells. And this is a Session Edition Black IPA called Out of Order. So this was normally brewed to be stronger, but the version that I got is over 4.5%, which to be honest is probably my wheelhouse. As per usual, it states that the ingredients are barley, hops, and water, so we're not giving too much away. But I've given it a pour into a pint glass. It looks the absolute business. It is as black as the Ace of Spades, which is the only time I will ever use that expression to describe anything. Here only. It's kept its head very satisfyingly. Again, I poured it out about five minutes ago. I can smell a hint of roast in the actual liquid itself, it also smells quite hoppy and I'm sure it'll taste hoppy as well. So ladies and gentlemen do please let the BPMs take over your very soul as I give this a very satisfying quaff. Oh that is absolutely delicious. So, I've only tried a couple of black IPAs in the past, and yeah, I do expect it to be a very dark, toasted, roasted flavour, which I'm getting there, but it's very hoppy, there's no citrus in there, which I'm actually very glad of, because that's the reason that I get these black IPAs 9 times out of 10, because I want there to be a bit of different flavour involved, and that's what we've got here, so I am really going to enjoy that as this episode rolls on. And you can hear the hot sound of the sexiest TV theme of 1993, which means it's time for the acceptable in the 90s, WWF Superstars Report. And the July 24th edition of WWF Superstars emanated from the Wilkes-University Mart Centre in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, and was recorded on July 9th, 1993. In action from the show, Hacksaw Jim Duggan defeated Dwayne Gill in quick time with the three-point stance, Pre-match, Duggan gave his support to Lex Luger. The debuting Finnish menace, Ludwig Borger defeated Tony DeMoro in impressive fashion with a flying clothesline. He had been working for New Japan prior to signing for the WWF, making him the Kenny Omega of his day. The Steiner brothers defeated Money Incorporated by countout to retain the WWF World Tag Team Championship. The finish was awful again, but this match had a lot more action than last time and was very back and forth. You could easily accept a title change here, but thankfully the brothers retained when the action went outside and IRS tried to beat the ten count, but Scott managed to get back into the ring first. The SummerSlam report focused on the main event title match and comments from King Brett the Hitman Hart regarding his match at the pay per view with Jerry the Burger King Lawler as well as the rest-in-peace match between The Undertaker and the Giant Gonzalez. The 1-2-3 kid defeated Barry Horowitz with the top rope guillotine leg drop to give him momentum for his upcoming match with Ted DiBiase. And in the main event, the Quebecers defeated Rich Myers and Tony Webb in an impressive debut when Pierre landed a leg drop on Myers, who was trapped in a Boston Crab from Jacques. Jacques is Jacques Rougeau, a.k.a. the former Mountie, while Pierre is Carl a.k.a. current Frankenstein's monster of wrestling, PCO. But please don't be confused, they're not the Mounties. Your WWF update this week would have opened this episode and focused on Yoko Kozuna and Lex Luger, who has now been granted a title match at SummerSlam, while Mr Perfect, Shawn Michaels, Luna Vachon and Sensational Sherry were the focus of Face to Face.
0: Well, as this crazy summer continues on, we are about five weeks out from SummerSlam, which is going to be taking place this year, this year in the Motor City of Detroit. That happens on August the 30th. A couple of gentlemen standing by to join us face-to-face this week. Perhaps they will be in the Motor City when August 30th rolls around. They are the reigning intercontinental champion, Shawn Michaels. Welcome, Mr. Michaels. And your bodyguard, Diesel. And also joining us via satellite this week, Ironically enough, uh, two-time former Intercontinental Champion, Mr. Perfect. Uh, any any chance of a title defense for you at SummerSlam, Shawn Michaels? Well. Gene Okerlund, I can assume
2: that there should be. You can't have a SummerSlam without the heartbreak kid. You can't have a SummerSlam without the Intercontinental Champion. If you want to fill the arena, that kid's got to be on the card.
0: That is providing you still are the Intercontinental Champion. By the time SummerSlam rolls around, that's quite a ways away, you know.
6: What exactly do you mean by that?
0: Well, you know what I mean by that. Mr. Perfect. That
6: means if you were to run into Mr. Perfect somewhere before SummerSlam... Aha. Uh-huh. You may lose the Intercontinental Championship belt and maybe not even be figured in at SummerSlam. I got
2: news for you, Mr. Perfect. I gotta give credit where credit is due. You are without a doubt the greatest wrestler in all of the World Wrestling Federation, with the exception of myself, Shawn Michaels. And if I were to meet you somewhere down the line, you could actually give me a run for my money. But nothing (laughs) is coming between me and my Intercontinental title. Well,
6: that's a nice compliment, putting yourself at the same level as Mr. Perfect. Well, then what's with Diesel in the background? If you're so good, Shawn Michaels, what do you need an in insurance for? Hey, that's policy a legitimate for? question, hey, Michaels. I
2: I I'll be more than happy to answer that. I've told everybody why Diesel is here, because chicks dig me. They're all over me. I'm really popular, you know, as being the Intercontinental Champion. They come over the rail. I mean, literally over the rail, into the ring, trying to tear my clothes off. Well, that's th- why I got th- Diesel.
6: Th- it must be the earrings, huh? Uh, you, th- you compare me to a girl? No, I mean, that's why the, the chicks dig you, your earrings. Maybe no, they, you know... chicks
2: dig me because I'm 100% man. I can't help it if Diesel just happens to be 6'10", 330. I can't help that.
6: Let me ask Diesel, Diesel a question. Diesel, by any chance, were your parents weren't truck drivers, were they? Where'd they go up with that oh, name, Diesel? Oh, oh, oh.
7: Little Red Sovac and Giddy Up Go? <laughs> hey, pumpkin head, keep it up. Keep it up. I'd like to smack the taste right out of your mouth there, boy.
2: Ooh, you, don't, you better not make him mad, perfect. I'm telling you, he's here to keep Ooh. the girls off me. But if you get in my way... Diesel might have to run It's going to happen
6: somewhere, Michaels. You and I are going to meet up. And when we do, it's going to be the match of a lifetime. Every wrestling
0: fan's dream, Mr. Perfect and Shawn Michaels, well, they just might get it. Gentlemen, please save that one for the arena because I, for one, can hardly wait to see Intercontinental Champion Shawn Michaels defend against the former champion, Mr. Perfect. When that one comes down, it's got to be worth the price of admission alone.
3: Next week, right here on WWF Superstars, scheduled to join us in single competition. We're going to experience the perfection of Mr.
8: Perfect. And if the ring can hold him, men on a mission are going to be here.
7: Oh, yeah, Mom. How
3: about joining us,
8: Mr. Devastation, Adam Bomb? Yeah, speaking of Mr. Mr. Hughes is going to do a number on somebody. The top dead team of the head shrinkers.
3: And one on one, Ludabashan versus Sensational Sherry. Let's pick up these pre recorded comments Sensational one. Sherry, next week,
9: I'm I finally I get my chance. I am going to meet you here, one-on-one. On one. I, Luna Vashon, the most dominant force of the World Wrestling Federation. Ah! You know, Luna Vashon, every woman has to be accounted for her actions. And your time is coming very soon. Every time you make your little stupid acting decisions every time you put yourself to be a woman of the 90s. Okay, next week, right here,
3: you're gonna get your chance to prove it. Well, it certainly won't be the Miss America pageant from Atlantic City, but it will be the one-on-one matchup we've been waiting for. Plus, we'll follow up on the Lex Express.
5: Well for once in my life ladies and gentlemen I am glad to be wrong as we get Sherry vs Luna next week. Superstars was thoroughly entertaining as usual and is worthy of a watch this week. So before we go over to some Manhattan madness let's see what was going on in the world on this day in history on July the 26th 1993. Flight Boeing 737-500 crashes in South Korea, with an unfortunate 66 passengers killed. The first of four photos of Mars is taken by the Mars Observer, just under a month before the spacecraft failed in flight. English rapper Stormzy was born in London, England. And in the pop charts, UB-40 was still at number one in the US, while in the UK, Take that, we still making the number one position their own with Prey. And at the box office, John Singleton's Poetic Justice, a romantic drama starring Janet Jackson and Tupac Shakur, was number one in the US, while Jurassic Park was in its first of eight weeks at the top in the United Kingdom. And I still didn't get round to watching it until 2016. The July 16th edition of WWF Monday Night Raw emanated from the Manhattan Centre in Manhattan, New York, taped on July 19th, 1993. This will be a common trend for the World Wrestling Federation, as taping two episodes in one week is now the norm. One of the episodes will be live, though, and it's in an effort to cut costs. Commentary is handled by Vince McMahon, the Macho Man Randy Savage, and Bobby the Brain Heenan.
10: Macho Man, not too long ago, you interfered in my match. (laughs) I'm giving you fair warning right now, Macho Boy. (laughs) You ever interfere in my match again, uh, it's going to be too bad. But I'm going to tell you what. If you're a real good Macho Boy... (laughs) I might have a little surprise for you tonight.
9: The Cloud, indeed, this, ladies and gentlemen, is the Macho Man, not the Macho Boy. Absolutely not a chance here, Deutz. No Macho Boy oh Macho Man. If you get a surprise, bring it on. Big it, yeah. We're bring it on, the Hitman's Bret Hart, squaring up against Bam Bam Bigelow. The last time they met Bobby Heenan, it was at the King in the Ring, the finals. But tonight, there's a little difference, because in the Hitman's corner, I should say up in the balcony, the Hitman's parents, Stu and Hal. Oh, isn't that something? What a shame that Stu and Helen Hart have to see Brent the Hitman Hart get tattooed from head to toe by Bam Bam Bigelow! Bam Bam is on his way! This
7: contest is scheduled for one fall! What a A matchup! This is going to be here on Monday night, Raw.
3: By the way, a little bit later on, we're going to show you an interview that was conducted with Alex... Early, earlier this Green. Afternoon. Green. Also Green. joining Green. us on Green. Monday Night Raw, Bam. Mr. Hughes in action, the Smoking Guns will we'll get a first-hand look at Ludwig Borga from Helsinki. What a matchup.
7: Okay, I'll talk to you later. Thank you, King. I'll be waiting to see you. Bye-bye. Wait a minute, Bobby. we just on the phone with Joe. John- I was on the phone with Jerry the King Lawyer. He's in town in you New York. You the King, I thought you were on the phone with the Hitman Bret Hart. No. Here he comes. He's on his way. I'll tell you in a, a minute what Jerry the From King Lawyer had to say. President of the United States. Yes, indeed, Stu hard. and Helen Hart Big standing on King. the street. Out of respect
9: for their son, Hooray. the Hitman Bret Hart. What an ovation, Macho, for the Hitman! They gotta be proud, those
10: parents of the Hitman, Bret Hart, because he is the king of the ring, Bobby Heenan.
9: And he is headed to SummerSlam to face the South Belfast King, Jerry Lawler, who stooped to new depths last week right here
7: on Monday Night Raw. I was despicable. Oh McMahon, I just got off the phone with Jerry the King Law. He's in his limo. The reason he's here in town is, you know. He's here in town. He's here in the Big Apple, you know, coming up in a week or so. We're going to have that big presentation for Reggie Jackson at the Baseball Hall of Fame. But the reason Waller's in town right now is all Tiny Tim's fans are honouring Jerry Waller for the Tiny Tim Hall of Fame. They're so glad that he broke that ukulele and he won't have to hear that dried up old prune sing anymore. Bye, he I'll, have some you, respect. I'll have some respect, but he says he's on his way to the Manhattan Centre. So if the King is on his way here, stay tuned. Who knows what's going to happen?
5: We open the in-ring proceedings with our featured contest a rematch of the finals of King of the Ring 1993, as Bam Bam Bigelow seeks revenge on King Brett the Hitman Hart. Bigelow rakes Brett's face and then clubs away at Brett's back to ground him, as Bigelow continues to get the advantage with punches and stomps. We get an odd spot where Brett slides underneath a punch, but he makes up for it by drop-kicking Bigelow before sending him outside with a clothesline. Brett heads out and hammers away before climbing up top for an attack, but hurts his knee on the landing in the process as Bigelow beats down Brett as we go to break. We return with Brett clutching his knee on the outside. Bigelow gets a two count with a back suplex before whipping Brett into the corner. Heenan jokes that Brett's parents are here to tap their son up for some cash as Heenan says Lawler is on his way to the arena. I'm sure Helen is happy to be back in her native New York, but she always looked really browned off that Stewart dragged her along to the wrestling. Bigelow catches a crossbody attempt and turns that into a front falling slam for a near fall. Bigelow hits a pair of falling headbutts but misses a third attempt before Brett lands punches on Bigelow before hitting a Saito suplex and drop kicking him. Brett uses an elbow drop for a two count but Bigelow fights back with punches and clubbing blows. Bigelow hits a drop kick of his own before applying a chin lock. We go to another break and return with Bigelow still working the chin lock Brett avoids a drop kick and then fires away, then uses a back drop and drops another elbow for a two count. Brett chokes out Bigelow on the ropes and then headbutts Bigelow in the kidneys before using a Russian leg sweep for two. A flying clothesline on Brett's rope only gets two again and then Brett goes back to punching away before jumping on Bigelow's back to apply a sleeper. Bigelow breaks that up but Brett regains control with a bulldog, then goes back to turn over Bigelow for the sharpshooter as we now hear Lawler's voice. Get What's What's
9: this? Here it comes, here it comes right
3: now, the sharpshooter's headed your way. He we'll won't get it on him. I'll yes I'll he is too. To. i bet you anything. Here it comes, he got it on Yokozuna, he can get it on Bam Bam, bam, bam Bigelow. Here he goes now. Oh hey, to, wrap... to just take this
8: to... opportunity to come down here what? and talk it's... for just Whoa, a second. What is this? Wait, I hear Fred, him. the hitman hard. he is. Hi, boy, how are you? Hey, look. Look, this... I'm up here with your Perry Jerry Lawler. Oh, no. Hi there, you're Stu Hart, right? The hitman distracted the Jerry Lawler
3: up there You're with the hitman's heading parents.
8: Under your or <laughs> Anybody understand what he said? Could you mumble a little louder there? Uh, what? Where were you when, when he won the king of the ring? <laughs> hey, hey, that's all right, Brett. Go ahead. Don't worry about it. I'm just going to talk to him. You know what he's doing. Don't worry about it. He doesn't look too much like a king now, does he, Stu Hart, huh? Is this your wife here, Helen? <laughs> I just wanted to come down. And meet the couple that produce more tragedies than Shakespeare. I've never seen anything like it. How many kids do you have?
1: Twelve. How many does your mother have? None.
8: Oh, So you you had 12 kids. So Brett's got 11 brothers and sisters, is that right? Look at Mr. Hart here. I guess he used to not take no for an answer. Now you're at the age where you won't take yes for an answer, aren't you?
3: (laughs) You're the self-appointed king of the ring, eh? The what? Self-appointed king of the ring. Uh, anybody understand what he's saying?
8: I got a clue. Why don't you put your false teeth in backward and eat yourself to death?
9: <laughs> we apologize, right folks. I wanna right ask you a little bit about that I boy rock. of
8: yours. See the one laying flat on his back down there? See him flat on his back? Yeah, he's easy to recognize. He's the one that's getting his brains beat up. No, I take that back. You gotta have a brain first. Ressel, mouth closed. Why don't I just wrestle and keep my mouth closed? Is that what you said?
3: Not a bad idea.
8: <laughs> well, I because I want to open my mouth and ask you a few questions. I wanted to ask you about when Brett, the hitman, was a little boy. I understand that when he was born, Stu Hart had to try to collect on his accident insurance. Is that true? You know, <laughs> it's gotta be a I understand difficult that when he was a little, br- little kid. He was so ugly that for the first six months, you diapered the wrong end. Is that true? Oh. Ah, ah, look at him. Does he look like a king of the ring now laying down there? Are you, oh, Wait a minute, wait a minute. That a baby? Ho- look at him. Take a look at him. Are you proud of him? Look, he's speechless. He's dumbfounded up here. Uh, the what? The American people must be proud of you. Oh, That's right, because I am the king of wrestling. Do you understand that? That's right Bam Bam, finish him off. Show his parents up here what a loser looks like.
3: Can you imagine the striking- Miss Hart certainly knows what
8: a loser looks like. She's sitting next to one. She's been married. Hey, I'll bet when you two were young, the Dead Sea was only sick. Is that true? (laughs) How old are you anyway?
1: If it was
3: sick, it was because it was near you. Just, no, you don't wanna tell me how old you are? With this lack of respect on the part well, of the well. self-professed King Jerry Lawler.
8: Hey, look at Stu over here, he's got those baseball eyes, two baggers. <laughs> What's the matter? Up a little late last night, Stu, Huh? still a little frisky?
3: Look at your kid down there. Hey, Brett. This is so distracting. Hey, Brett. Imagine the audacity of Jerry Lawler in this match. And
8: Does he look like a king to you, really? An- answer
3: me that. No respect whatsoever for his elders. A king, aren't you? are proclaimed king. No. I- Come on, Bam Bam. Jerry Lawler, <laughs> you know interrupting what? our broadcast tonight. What?
4: Again, we you apologize. the
3: king of the ring. Why don't I challenge him?
8: Hey, Earth to Stu Hart. Earth oh. to Stu Hart. In case you don't know, I've already challenged him. And if he's got the guts at SummerSlam, I'm gonna give him the whipping. You should have gave now, him a, a long minute. time ago. Wait a minute you Bret Hart. Where are you going, Bret Hart? let's hurry that. Bret Hart, taking it out. Hart, hey. you can't blame. He's Let going me to tell you something. To when cannot, I get him in Summerslam, I'm gonna show you. And I'm gonna parents, show you, Stu Hart. What a loser a you got health for health. a son. I'm sure you Bam. already know you got a Bam. loser for a husband. <laughs> Look at that! He lost another one. I bet you're real proud, Bam. aren't you, Stu? Bam. Huh? I bet you're real proud. What? It's nice to the Give me that microphone. I'm through talking to you. <laughs>
7: Yeah.
8: Victorious,
3: the Hitman Bret Hart counted out of the ring. The Hitman's headed upstairs, he's headed to the balcony somewhere. Jerry Lawler, I can't believe the insults, the lack of respect that he showed to Stu and Helen Hart. What an awful, wait a minute, here, here comes Bret Hart now. Yeah, he took the back way up. Bret Hart is upstairs, he's up in the balcony. Hitman looking for Jerry Lawler. Let's stay with him if we can, let's try and see what happens here. Can you imagine Bret Hart rustling Bam Bam Bigelow? Hearing all of those insults to his parents, and he could do nothing about it. He was helpless as Bam Bam was hammering him and hammering. Finally, when he got the shot, he he had to do something about it. Here he comes back up and he has nothing to be ashamed of because the Hitman Bret Hart did exactly what he had to do. The
9: hell with the match. Let me tell you something. Baller showed a lack of respect to two people that
3: deserve nothing but respect. It, it's and you can bet that they will be at SummerSlam in Auburn Hills. You can bet they will witness the matchup as the Hitman squares off against Jerry Lawler. Lucky Brett the Hitman Hart
7: didn't get up there when Lawler was there. Lawler would have thrown him right out of the balcony, right into the arms of Bam Bam Bigelow. No way! A heart from his mom, stand by for the SummerSlam
9: report!
5: Lawler is up in the audience making fun of Stu Hart, but Brett goes through the crowd to get towards Lawler. However, Bigelow drags him back to ringside and drives him into the ring post as Lawler continues to rag on Stu, even doing an impression as Stu mumbles about Lawler being a false king. Brett rolls himself back into the ring as Helen tells Lawler to wrestle and keep his mouth closed but Lawler tells more jokes about Brett while harassing his parents. Bigelow rams Brett into the corner and then covers for a two count. Bigelow signals that he's going to finish off Brett and sets up for a flying headbutt as Lawler continues to rag on the hearts, whose comebacks are just terrible if I'm honest. Bigelow instead whiffs on a somersault sent on and then Brett runs absolutely wild. Vince makes his apologies about Lawler as Brett hits a DDT before rolling out and heading through the crowd to go up the balcony to get counted out in 16 minutes and 2 seconds. Lawler now leaves and Brett is up in the balcony to check on his parents. Now in all honesty, Lawler vs Brett is one of my favourite Bret Hart programmes of the 1990s and for once, interference hasn't ruined what was a legitimately excellent contest between two great performers. Brett Hart is one of those workers that could get a great match out of a £100, £400, jobber, tag team worker legend who's off the pace, absolutely anybody. And Lawler plays the arsehole brilliantly, particularly hitting Brett in the fields by bothering his parents. For me, SummerSlam can't come soon enough.
0: Hi everybody, this SummerSlam report brought to you by Chevrolet and tough Chevy trucks. Just ask Lex Luger, how much he loves his new red, white, and blue Silverado. And speaking of Lex Luger, as I'm certain you all know by now, Lex Luger will be meeting Yokozuna for the World Wrestling Federation title in suburban Detroit at SummerSlam. The date to make at the Palace of Auburn Hills is Monday, August 30th, just five weeks from tonight. President Jack Tunney, in an interview on WWF superstars this weekend made the stipulation that Luger must wear an arm pad over that controversial right elbow and forearm. And despite that elbow pad, I've got to believe Lex Luger has an outstanding chance to win the most coveted title in the WWF today. After what we have just seen here on Monday Night Raw, I am appalled at the actions of this self-proclaimed king, Jerry Lawler. Lawler, in my opinion, is a complete jerk. And I, for one, could hardly wait to see Jerry Lawler meet the king of the ring, Brett the Hitman Hart, at SummerSlam. I hope that the Hitman's family is in Detroit for that matchup. And what about this RIP match between The Undertaker and the eight-foot-tall giant, Gonzalez? Only The Undertaker knows the rules, and he isn't talking. Folks, it promises to be a great one this august 30th one way or another plan to join us for SummerSlam. vince i'm still shaking my head you know i've known Stu and helen hart and the entire hart family for years i can't believe that jerry lawler would try to humiliate them i just think it is a very black day in the world wrestling federation when lawler gets away with something like this what do you think
3: I don't think he will get away with it Gene, indeed I believe at SummerSlam the score will be settled, once and for all. We'll be back with a smoking gun, a special interview with Lex Luger and Mr Hughes up next.
5: After Mean Gene runs down what we know of the SummerSlam card to cool down proceedings, we go back to the ring as Mr Hughes prepares to make a grease stain out of Russ Greenberg. We see another wreath placed at ringside as Hughes decks Greenberg. Hughes continues to hammer away as we hear chants for The Undertaker, but Hughes doesn't budge as Greenberg punches away and then eats a big boot. Hughes then uses a powerbomb as Vince hypes up the Smoking Asses match and Luger interview for later on in the show. Hughes stays in control and uses a sidewalk slam for the win in 3 minutes and 5 seconds. After the match, Vince plugs the WrestleMania the album release as Hughes destroys the flowers while Heenan jokes that President Clinton likes flowers on his desk every morning. With Undertaker still sending these wreaths to the ring whenever Mr Hughes is wrestling, wouldn't it make sense that Hughes would be facing him at SummerSlam instead of the giant Gonzalez, who has been nowhere to be seen for months? Anyway, standard jobber match fare here. I like Mr Hughes, as I say every week, and Greenberg was an excellent crash test dummy for him.
3: By the way, speaking of records, ladies and gentlemen, that would take us to RCA Records, WrestleMania the album. There's a big premiere party recently in New York City. A lot of the WWF stars on hand to kick off WrestleMania the album, which is available tomorrow and all Kmart stars. You haven't heard the WWF quite like you're gonna hear it on WrestleMania the album. Oh, wait a minute. There's a look at those black flowers. You know,
7: speaking of flowers, McMahon, I understand President Clinton enjoys having flowers on his desk every
3: morning. I like to have flowers as well, but not black ones. Mr. Hughes destroying these flowers. All right, let's take you now, along with the macho man Randy Savage, you were on hand. It was party time for RCA Records and the WrestleMania album. And boy, did I hit all those high notes.
7: You get it, flowers?
3: What? WrestleMania the album available tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. There's gonna be a stampede on all the Kmart locations all over America. WWF superstars on hand for the party. The RCA kickoff, WrestleMania album party. Macho Man on hand as well, as a matter of fact, Macho and RCA presenting a brand new ukulele
5: to Tiny Tim. Oh, hugs and kisses for everybody. WrestleMania the album, headed your way tomorrow. So, in this week's question where I demand some sort of response from Twitter, did any of my listeners out there actually have the WrestleMania album? I did, and Bret Hart does a ballad and everything. Let's have your thoughts on Twitter. Right, my guys Billy and Bart Ass, a.k.a. the Smoking Asses, demand your love and support as they face Dwayne Gill and Glenn Ruth. Billy works over Gill to start taking down both Gil and Ruth with dropkicks before tagging out. Bart tags in and hits both men with a crossbody as the guns now work over Ruth. Vince tells us that Helen Hart is distraught in the wrestling room over what Lawler did, but Heenan jokes it's because the hotel wants back the shower curtain that Helen stole. (laughs) Do you know what? I write these down and I know what's going to make me laugh but I do it to myself every single time. Oh, Bobby Heenan, new national treasure. Anyway, the asses stay in control as the crowd is dead, and the announcers talk about anything to hold our interest, before they then use the backdrop driver combo for the win in 4 minutes and 23 seconds. And the asses continue to be treated like a dud to the New York crowd, which is just as well because commentary chose to talk about anything else their match. The asses work incredibly hard though, and I like 'em, so fuck 'em.
2: and they play the Finnish Nathalem Anthem. I want you to stand up!
9: That's all I have to say to you.
3: Well, I guess it's pretty safe to say that Ludvig Borga is not a big fan of the US of A, certainly not in love with the United States of America. Right now, let's take you to someone who is. He's been traveling this week throughout upstate New York, all the way throughout New England, and he was here earlier today In this very special interview, before we open the doors, here, ladies and gentlemen, is Lex
5: Luger. After conquering all in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Tony Halm, a.k.a. Ludwig Borger, gets a foreign heel gimmick. Whatever, he'll always be the man who crawled so Bullet Club could run to me. Ladies
3: and gentlemen, this is one very happy Lex Luger. Welcome back to New York City.
4: Thank you very much. I couldn't be happier to be back here where it seems it all started. As a matter of fact, I had the Lex Express pulled right by that Intrepid and I got back out and, and looked at that big ship sitting there where all this started and uh, let me tell you, it's, it's a great feeling. I, I couldn't be happier.
3: Well, I would imagine you couldn't be happier for another reason. That is because Jack Tunney, or maybe I should say the people have spoken, and you have your match for SummerSlam.
4: Absolutely. I am ecstatic. And I think the biggest thing about the Lex Express, the response has been amazing. The people out there have been great. And I think, like you said, the people truly have spoken. Uh, they let Jack Tunney and the World Wrestling Federation know what they wanted to see. And that's all I'd asked for is an opportunity, one shot at Yokozuna. Now I got it, and I'm just I'm thrilled. I really am.
3: What about the uh, stipulation or some sort of stipulation you
4: must wear a forearm pad? Oh, that There's a stipulation he wants me to wear a protective pad over my forearm, and I don't have any problem with that whatsoever. I mean, if that's a stipulation, I just wanted the match, and I've got the match, and I, I, I can live with that. That's no problem at all.
3: You know, the question is just who is Lex Luger other than the man who slammed Yokozuna. Everyone wants to know more about Lex Luger. The Lex Express has created such excitement all over this country, but... Just who is Lex Luger, and I wonder if you would submit to uh, some very tough questions as to perhaps maybe some of your personal background and things of that nature in weeks to come, Lex.
4: Well, you know, it's funny you should say that because since I've been out on the Lex Express, the people have come up and asked a lot of those same questions to me, and I welcome that wholeheartedly. I want people to come to me and ask them whatever they feel, whatever's on their mind, and I'll give them a straight answer. Right between the eyes, I don't mind any tough questions you have. It's an open book. Uh, we're on this thing together, and uh, as far as Yokozuna goes, I want to meet him right between the eyes of my answer as well when I get to Auburn Hills. Well, does Electric Express uh, end now that you have your match? <laughs> Absolutely not. The support I've gotten from the people, the people I plan on still meeting, we're going to take this thing coast to coast. I'm going to meet everybody I can, talk to everybody I can, rally the support, because I'm going to bring this world title back where it belongs. And I'm going to pull right up the curbside and keep this thing rolling right up to Auburn Hills at the Palace there in SummerSlam.
3: So the Lex Express continues to roll, and so does Lex Luger. Lex Luger, thank you very much and the best of luck to you. Thank you.
5: So, Lex Luger now doesn't have a problem wearing the elbow pad. Fair enough. I hope Lex grows into this role, but he does not look convincing as a face at all yet, and he's got more wood than a nest of tables. I've just realised that could be a reference to him having an erection. (laughs) I didn't mean that, I just meant his acting's terrible. (laughs) Never mind. Doink the Clown comes out next to try his best to make Phil Apollo laugh. Vince plugs Mania and All-American Wrestling before asking Savage about Doink's warning from earlier tonight. Doink works the arm before hitting a belly-to-belly suplex then grounds Apollo as the announcers talk about the multiple Doink sightings with Vince calling him an evil man. Doink hits a top rope sit-down splash for the win in 2 minutes and 33 seconds. So this was quite the easy win for Doink who seems to be swapping submission moves for increased opportunities to tear his scrotum its own asshole. Hey macho man!
10: <laughs> yes!
4: Uh, I
3: think he's talking macho to you. Macho
10: boy! Would whoa, you like whoa, to wait come a minute.
3: Whoa, 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 I would
10: whoa, like whoa. to say something to you!
3: Is he talking to me? No. Come on up here, He's boy. He's hallucinating.
9: No, 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 no. Savage. Sit Randy Savage. You get hurt.
3: Randy Savage. Remember the contract. Just take a oh, seat. Oh, that's okay. Macho boy. Ooh. I'll come down there
10: and say something face to face. Bring oh, it this on. This is going to be
3: interesting. No
10: macho boy here. What's your problem? Oh, yeah! (laughs) Macho man! (laughs) You seem to have a problem when it comes to interfering in my matches. (laughs) I'll tell you what. Face to face. Why don't you think about it and make a quick decision? Come in to the squared circle,
3: oh.
9: one <laughs> on <laughs> one.
3: Uh, well, uh. obviously, we're out of time. I've already thought about it. Yeah. Yeah, Savage, well, don't I do it, that. you'll get hurt. What are you
9: talking about? No. You gotta
10: be out of
3: your mind, but we already know that, don't we? <laughs> All right down he we'll be right on. back, Dunk the Clown Victorious. Let's take a seat here. Brother, you're out of line. Hey, macho man.
10: When it does happen, and next week will be fine with me. You won't be seeing double vision. (laughs) You'll be seeing- Hey, wait a minute. Triple vision.
9: What? Ah. Ah. Hey, wait a minute, (laughs) up there.
3: (laughs) There's three of them, I can't believe (laughs) it.
0: Promotional consideration paid for by the following. WWF
7: Royal Rumble on Super NES. Incredible 16-meg action. No holds Bar. It's perfect. WWF Royal
3: Rumble on Super NES. Perfect. <laughs> All right, what about it? Randy Savage, Macho Man, next week, one-on-one. Was it going to be one, two, or three doinks?
10: <laughs> Brother, I want to tell you the situation, bottom line. I'm doing this broadcasting because I want to do it, not because I have to do it. If next week is the official re-entering into the squared circle for the Macho Man, that's cool. That's hip. That's an oh yeah right there. But I want to tell you something right now. You got some surprises. I don't care if you got 20,000 doinks. I got a little surprise for you, brother. All right, you want to so play mind late games late with gentlemen. me? I'll play mind games with Next you, week, brother. Next week, Macho Man it, Randy
9: Savage it, versus oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
10: Coming at you, so pick it up. Yo, you better catch The bag of boys are back on the block. tip all the time we won't be stopped. We're no one improved. Then got the grand coup. Bump it up, bump it up, and race the boo. swing swing swings, like the mighty thought. You need to pull out the fantastic box. So pick it up, bump it up. The bad boys are back are blowing up the place. Yo, you better catch,
5: you slamming Did you love that stone called banger nineties fans? Even if you didn't, I bet you loved the news of Savage vs Doink for next week. Anyway, on to my final final thoughts. Raw's really hitting its stride at the moment. Even the corny stuff isn't that offensive. There's a ton of new faces to come, and hopefully commentary will be more respectful during their matches. But we got an excellent match between King Brett and Bam Bam, with a finish that made sense, and some squash matches that weren't half bad, with time being made for whatever Vince wanted to force down our throats. In my opinion, that's what I call a good episode of Raw. match of the night blatantly goes to King Brett vs Bam Bam, both men looked incredibly strong and for once a decent match had a screwy finish that actually had a place. You'll love to see it. The star of the night was Jerry Lawler and this is the Lawler that I like, a man who refuses to pander to the crowd and to be truly reprehensible with his words. Give me more Jerry Lawler please Vincent. The highlight of the night has to be the opening match. Unapologetically, I am a Bret Hart guy, and he showed why, hint hint, he should be on TV every Monday. And the lowlight of the night is this whole Lex Luger act so far. It's early days, and I get that, but I can't buy the fact that a man who was once ridiculously gay for himself a month ago is now the second coming of Hulk Hogan but I am prepared to see how things go. Well guys, we end the episode by taking a look at the post-Beach Blast episode of WCW Saturday Night from July the 24th, 1993, taped on June the 22nd at the Lake Charles Civic Centre in Lake Charles, Minnesota. In action from the show, Dustin Rhodes joins Tony Schiavone to talk about Clash of the Champions on August the 18th. Dustin is teasing a mystery partner to face Rick Rude and the Equalizer at the event. The Cole Twins return to Saturday night to defeat, and I can't believe I'm saying this, Bobby Eaton and Chris Benoit. They certainly wouldn't have stood at the Tokyo Dome. As for the Cole Twins, OMG I thought they were dead lol. I've got a soft spot for the Coles, but not when they're facing these two. Anyway. One of the curls caught eating in the sunset front for the win. The twins were interviewed post-match where they stick their oar in over Dusty and his mystery partner. Speaking of Dusty Rhodes, he next came out to defeat Tom Burton in quick time with the Bulldog. His dad Dusty then comes out for an interview, stating that he has no idea who his son's mystery partner is, but he has plenty to say about the assassin, threatening to come out of retirement to take him on. Harley Race's new charges, the Colossal Kongs, Awesome Kong, not that one, and King Kong, again not that one, make their Saturday night debut by defeating Rick Tango and Ronnie Vegas in rapid fashion, as these fat bricks throw their weight around. Post-match, Harley Race talks up how Davey Boy has the same punishment coming to him from Vader as Cactus Jack received. Now saying that, I'd have totally bought Davey Boy Smith in an amnesia game. What could have been it? Anyway, Harley also receives a mysterious package from Tony, containing... A Cactus Plant. Harley doesn't get it though. Rick Rude and the Equalizer come out next and state that Dustin's mind games won't work on Rude. Yoshi Kwan debuts on Saturday night next, defeating Tommy Angel. Kwan is billed from Hong Kong and comes out to Ning Ning style chopstick music. But he's not even Oriental. He's Chris Champion from Worcester, England. He mostly worked in Florida, Memphis and for Jim Crockett promotions. Anyway, he looks the part and he does all that Kung Fu stuff and So let's see how he does. Angel fell to a nerve hole from Worcester's Hardest Man, and to all my listeners in Worcester, gimme six. Rick Rude stuck around to intimidate poor Tony Schiavone, who probably wishes he was talking about Batman with Excalibur. Anyway, Tony's adamant he has no idea who Dustin's mystery partner is. After the break, Jesse talks to Ricky Steamboat, who states his intention to be Paul on off of the TV title at Clash of the Champions. And in a six-man main event, El High de Johnny B. Bad, The Z-Man and Two Cold Scorpio defeated Big Sky, Lord Steven Regal and Max Payne. For UTT Rob's benefit, we get our first Blackpool reference for Regal as Tony says on commentary that he makes his summer residence at Blackpool Tower. And he doesn't because she can't. Bad caught Payne with a roll-up to win. And we end the broadcast with Steamboat confronting Mr. Wonderful, which you'll hear at the end of the show. Well, my sweethearts, that's us done for another week. Hopefully, I'll be back next week to go over all the action once again. But in the meantime, and in between time, stay beefy, meat-sided. I can't believe it! I call that an upset,
9: Max Payne. I don't care what it takes you call whoever you gotta call god and all of his angels above whatever it takes but johnny B. bad i want you in that ring so bad so bad my teeth ain't bad this ain't over this is just begun well there you got an irate max Payne, but standing with me now mr wonderful paul orndorff the world television champion and you know coming up on august the 18th clash of the champions Mr. Wonderful will be defending his World TV title against none other than the Dragon Ricky Steamboat, who I think, personally, Paul, is getting too old. You know something, just He's like water under the bridge. If you look at the side of his head, those gray sideburns, how that's all over. But you know, Mr. Wonderful, the true champion, and I'll put this belt up against him anytime and he anyplace. He hey, wait a minute. I gave you an interview. He didn't interview in your interview. What are you doing out here now? about it Jesse look wonderful my name for you is Mr. Wonderful Mr. Wonderful and don't you forget it well let me tell you something Mr. Wonderful if you defeat me in the clash on August the 18th I'll call you Mr. Wonderful but meanwhile we will call you Paula Well, there you got it, Mr. Wonderful and Ricky the Dragon. Steamboat, Steamboat coming out here and interview in my interview with Mr. Wonderful. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week right here on TBS Saturday Night. So on behalf of Tony Schiavone, we'll see you next week.